every no is a yes. In other words, anytime you say no to something, you're actually saying yes to something that's more important than that thing. So many people view refining priorities as a constricting activity, something that takes away from their life. But I would argue, and I think you would argue too, that the opposite is true, that when you live by a bound set of unchanging, immovable priorities or first things, as we've talked about, I would say that your life expands, your freedom multiplies, and your joy becomes overwhelming. You agree with that? I do. I think I might interchange the word expands to like deepens. Okay. Because expanding feels like it, it stresses me out a little bit, that word. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but going deeper seems like a more accurate term. But I, yes, I fully 100% agree with that thought. It that. enriches your life. Is that a better? It infuses your life with richness. Mm, deepens. Depth. Okay. <laughs> like okay. a seed going in the dirt. <laughs> like a seed. Okay. 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 Get it. <laughs> Okay, so we've, in the last two weeks, we've covered first things and last things, hopefully to create uh, really clear, not bookends, I think first things was really talking about the idea of priorities, last things was seeing ourselves in an eternal context, right, which is completely, eternally changing for us as people (laughs) of of Christ, Yes. Uh, and today we're looking at, okay, now we've talked about those, those things, how can we be in unity And what is the value and necessity of unity as a married couple around these priorities? Uh, I'm really excited for this talk, and uh, yeah, we'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage, sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Didn't you take a poll a while ago that talked about how priorities was one of the biggest issues that couples struggle with? Because you, hmm. I think obviously you can't find unity around what should be a priority and what should not be. So the thing, yeah. And so we kind of, the last few weeks, talked about first things to, I think, kind of filter through or help you filter through yeah. uh, what some of those first things should be and why they should be. That is because of the last things. <laughs> yes. But, but just, the, here's a trick, though, is, yes, we did t- take a poll. And a lot of couples don't understand. Uh, I mean this sincerely, not trying to speak over or from high above. But mo- most couples don't understand that the source of their conflict is almost always going to be some underlying mis- disordered love or misplaced priority, mm. right? So yeah. th- they're going to say, listen, we, we always struggle with communication. Well, the reason you're struggling with communication is because you haven't prioritized that in your marriage. So either you're just misfiring or you haven't tried in a way, like you haven't done the work. Like you haven't give, given yourself the, the space to do it. Yeah. And it's, it's almost always, but so a lot of couples don't understand that. And so, yeah, so I would say that it's one of the big, I, I would argue that it's probably the most important thing. I think I said that on the last episode, but it's the most important thing. That's why we always talk about beliefs first. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. like, listen, if you get your beliefs right, if you get your heart right, you, you trust the Lord, you live your lives according to his word. I'm pretty confident. I mean, I stake my whole life on this, that you're, the rest of the pieces will fall into place. Not that everything's gonna be perfect because we're still sinners and fall, fallen and all that, but that's and that that tends to be where I hang my hat. Yeah, agreed. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, getting that unity is tricky because here we are two individuals here. You are listener. You have your own opinions, your own desires, your spouse came into your marriage with their own opinions, their own desires. And sometimes those desires started out aligned. They've been misaligned since, or they never were aligned in the first place. Right. And so here we're talking about how to actually get and be unified as one in the area of your priorities. Well, and to take one step further into that, um, we're going to talk about why it's imperative that you hmm. are in agreement with your spouse around priorities, hmm. uh, what they are, why they should be in place, um, because there is freedom and joy to be had there, um, and I think just a, a deeper understanding of purpose hmm. uh, and identity. So we will get into that in just a few minutes. But yeah, housekeeping. We all love to do it. If you haven't done this yet, please do subscribe um, or follow. I think they changed the terminology recently. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So uh, however you get your podcasts, just make sure you keep getting them because you know what? We're going to keep showing up <laughs> and hopefully one of these or many of these episodes will help you in uh, ways that are lasting beyond just the 45 minutes that you give us your ears. Uh, so make sure you do like, subscribe, follow, leave a comment, leave a rating, leave a review. If you haven't done it, you've gotten any benefit out of this podcast, that would be a really small way to show us that um, that we've helped you. It helps others as well. Um, if you want to lock arms with us, you can do that. And what I mean by that is being... Um, a financial partner with us. So we don't have a lot of ads. We've done like one ad series on this podcast in the last four years. We've done it. Um, maybe a few little, I don't know, pitches here and there. The point is, is that's not the lion's share of Ryan and Selena Frederick's uh, <laughs> support for this. Uh, that comes from our lovely patrons on patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There are benefits. Namely, you get to call yourself complicit with everything that we're doing. <laughs> you can say, I'm a part of that. Listen, you hear that awesome episode? Yeah. For better or for worse. You hear that? Yeah, I'm a part of that. I support that. <laughs> no, so um, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. We'd be honored to have your partnership there. Finally, in light of our priorities theme over the last few weeks and the next few weeks, uh, we're offering a discount on our gospel-centered marriage course, uh, which is an online learning ecosystem that's available to you as a couple. Uh, it helps you get first things first. And that is our absolute heart with it. Uh, currently, I think there's like seven mini courses in there. There's also our six-week core marriage material in there. There's basically enough to keep you learning for the months to come, and we're adding to it constantly. We have currently three um, mini or mini courses that are just in the final stages of editing. I think one of those is on dealing with in-law dynamics. One of those is having a healthy marriage when you've come from dysfunctional homes. We brought Ron Deal in on mm -hmm. that one. That talk was extremely so, elucidating. So awesome. Uh, and then we have another one on how to pray together. In fact, and we're also going to release, um, we just finished uploading it, our uh, six-week book study of our book called Fierce Marriage, which is in there now. Um, and that has all kinds of discussion guides. All that is there and available to you. Just sign up for Gospel Centered Marriage. Uh, go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com and get 20% off whatever you sign up for using this code, priorities. Nice. All right, see you there. Yes. So just a quick... Um, I don't know. Also, Matt. sorry, Zoom calls. <laughs> we have some Zoom calls she coming up. She likes to do all the things. <laughs> I'm excited for that. We're going to get to meet some of our listeners, all of our gospel-centered marriage people who decide to tune into the Zoom call. We're going to do a live kind of teaching Q&A. It's going to be awesome. That's that's happening in the in the coming couple of weeks. Sorry about that. Interrupted you. <laughs> it's okay. Are you done? It's for the listeners. <laughs> it is. It's for the listeners. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, again... We are in the middle 
of our series about priorities. And over the next couple weeks, we're going to, this is kind of a heads up as well. So we're going to talk about, get more tangible, I think in the next week, about how to practice godly priorities in your marriage um, and as a family. So it's just some tangible uh, resources there. But the following week, which we end all of the series with a Q&A. Um, so as you're listening to this series, text your questions into 971-333-1120 so that we can start going through those, pick out the themes, and mm. maybe pick a few really challenging questions that would help a lot of people. So um, please write in for that, and we will do our best to answer all those questions. So today we're talking about um, priorities. You know, we can all agree it's really challenging to figure out what they are, but then how do you find agreement around them? And the real question again is why? Why yeah. do we need to find agreement around them? What is the, uh, not just the promise here, but I think kind of a duty and obedience aspect of, of finding hmm. agreement and working and fighting for that in your priorities because yeah. uh, it's not easy and it's not always clear. So we're going to go through scripture, of course, um, and we're going to talk about what unity will require of us um, because there's always a, a requirement to getting something or some going somewhere yeah. further in your marriage. Um, the blessings uh, that come when you fight for marriage, right? Uh, what what your life can look like with your spouse. Uh, just trying to really, I guess, paint the picture, hmm. but not overstep, right? Yeah. Not not super make you super promises, but just say, hey, these are things that are available. Uh, or these are things that happen, like cause and effect kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and then where and how to begin. So we're going to, talk about where and how to begin, sorry, your priorities, your pathway, kind of finding agreement. Cause maybe you guys are like, I feel like we're in agreement on a lot of things, but you know, there's always some tension points and there's always some, okay, we always just, we always end up back here. Why, why do we keep fighting about what you want to do on the weekend? What I want to do on the weekend how we need it, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, we're going to, yeah, lay those big stones and talk about them. Yeah. So we, we've been as usually as what usually happens, we're learning about these things kind of in real time. Not that this is the first time we've ever thought about priorities, <laughs> but it's amazing how when you, when you're studying something, when you're doing research, when you're compiling thoughts, you realize just how important and foundational it is. Um, I'm just going to lay it all out here for a minute. Selena, don't get too nervous. <laughs> like, wait, lay what out? Where? <laughs> um, so our church, it, we're part of a small home church plant. It's now turning into a church plant. Uh, we're very, um, kind of excited also very like wondering what is god doing like how is he working and as an elder team we're meeting, guys we're just white knuckling it here <laughs> we're holding on we're holding and on we're and just we're, like okay lord so we started out meeting in our friend's house um it was an amazing just blessing clearly god was moving and we're just um, we're amazed to see how he's been using that time to refine and disciple us and disciple others unbelievable just i'm so thankful for this community um and then we recently moved and part of our new uh, house is there's a shop that came with it. This guy that that, that owned the house was into wood, wood, woodworking and things. I'm not into woodworking yet. <laughs> um, I don't Could have all the tools great. or anything. <laughs> but he he was very much into it. And so there's this it's it's a shop that uh, is large enough to have the seven or eight families mm -hmm. there, and there's more space, and it gives us a place to have um, teaching and and to store our books eventually. <laughs> and eventually, that's where yeah, because we ship all our if you order books from our website, like those all are shipped by our team. Yeah. And this will give us a way to save money from having to store those in rented space. Anyway, um, the point being is we've had a lot of uh, frustration internally, Selena and I, because 
while we do love the gathering of the saints, the church coming together, there's like more kids than adults, by far more kids than adults. <laughs> and it tends to be very chaotic. And can so be. it can be. And that's an, I, I love that. That's the thing where we're finding unity. It's like, I don't, I don't, it doesn't bother me at all that there's. I feel like I have a high capacity and for you chaos. do too. It's not the chaos. I think it's the destruction that can <laughs> yeah. be left in the wake of the chaos. Yes. And we're having, and we do love our community and we're not, and we're and trying to say. kids are kids. I mean, we, yeah. we home educate. We're around kids and our own kids and yeah. wild kids. And we, we don't expect them to be, you know, perfect and sitting quietly all sun, all day Sunday. Like that's just not. And to be fair to the parents uh, in our gathering is our, I, all the kids are very well behaved. Yeah. For sure. But they're just kids. <laughs> and so they yeah, do kid things. Yeah, it's a big things. fun yard and you just want to go play and yeah. be wild and I get it. And so we're in agreement on that, but there's some, been, been some like, uh, we're trying to find uh, unity <laughs> in how we're prioritizing creating boundaries so that the kids can flourish even more, so that the space uh, is sustainable, <laughs> so it's sustainable for our family, so we're not living in a community outreach center that we happen to have beds <laughs> Like, cause yeah. people tend to come and go. So we're trying to find unity around this. And so all I have to say, a lot of what we're talking through here yeah. is real time. Yeah. It's priorities versus like home life. And like, I just have fundamentally questioned like how much of home life is supposed to be home life and how much is selfish, right? Yeah. Like, I don't know when you look at ancient times, people lived communally a lot more, um, and in the Western culture, we're much more individualistic. Yeah. Um, so trying to find that balance of obedience and not just wiggle out of discomfort, you know, it's like, mm. okay, Lord, if you're sanctifying me, help me, give me a clear path. Cause usually I think with sanctification comes clarity, uh, so that the sanctification can happen, but not always. I mean, I can just be struggling in a bunch of mud and just say, okay, Lord, like, I'm just going to trust you in this, in this time and season, uh, and just allow him to work and do the things that he's going to do. So that's been my kind of, I think, internal struggle of like, we want this place to be a blessing. We want it to be kind of like a river where people can come and go. But I'm like, how often <laughs> are people coming and going? And how does that, yeah. does that hurt our family? Or how does that impact our family would be a better question. And how can we steward this mm-hmm. place well uh, and in a way that honors God and, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm super thankful for your heart in that and that you've um, like... And that's been one of the keys is staying soft hearted toward like, what is God Each doing? Each other. Oh toward yeah. What and what, of course is, what God is doing. I feel like that's what, that's well, the that's other the, thing I ask is like, okay, God, what are you doing? Well, that's the first thing is we want to be sensitive and we want to be useful mm-hmm. tools in the hands of a, of a like faithful God. Mm-hmm. Right. While also being sensitive and soft hearted toward one another. Cause I could, because you know, I could just say, no, this is, this this is what it's for and it's not really up for debate. Wrap your mind around it and you're like, you're missing me in the, all of this chaos. You're or what feels like chaos. You're missing me and you're not loving me well. And so I just, I'm thankful for your softness of heart. I'm trying to keep my heart soft mm-hmm. in that. And it's, it's, um, yeah, hopefully, yeah, hopefully that helps as just we hopefully it paints a picture. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're very much diagnosing and dissecting the why behind the decisions that we're making. Yeah. Um, and, praying that God is, is, you know, clarifying. And he's also, um, I don't know, just saying, yes, this is what I have. This is what I want. You know, we just, yeah. he doesn't audibly speak right all the time. Yeah. And so I've, yeah. And you know, we've got other things happening in our life too. And there's just kind of people here all the time. And so we're just learning to, mm-hmm 
prioritize margin and prioritize uh, home life uh, yeah. in a way that honors God. So, and we haven't been, we've been working on finding unity around that. Yeah. Um, it, and that's the difficulty. And that's what we're going to spend our time here today. And as you said earlier, our objective here um, for the rest of this time is to figure out, um, help you, I guess, find agreement and unity in at least moving forward in um, figuring out what your priorities actually are. And that's been the challenge as we've walked through this recent kind of, I won't say trial, it's just been this recent conversation that we've been going through, mm-hmm. is we know that there's not unity. We know that our priorities are somewhat <laughs> in the right spots, but where right. exactly are they? Why is there disunity? And how can we um, work Why through this? Why is there this? dissonance, I think? Dissonance, yeah. yeah. Dissonance. Yeah. So um, we're going to jump into scripture, and I think... I want to kind of go out of order here because we talked about last week, we talked about last things. Mm. And when you and I were talking in the car yesterday on the drive, you said, this is, this is why we talked about last things kind of first and up front. And if you haven't listened to that episode, obviously go back and check it out. Um, but it is having that Christian and biblical perspective or worldview, uh, really gives us the context, uh, for Mm. why, we have certain priorities yeah. and why they're important to fight for and why they're important to like let some of our own selfish desires die to them. Right. Yeah. Do you want to expand on that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, we talked through some of the stuff in revelation, mm-hmm. how people can approach the book of revelation and be intimidated or try to decipher it. And really the, the theme of revelation is not like, yes, there's lots of stuff to be mined out of the book. But the overarching theme is that God is sovereign over all of human history and will bring it to its culmination in the second coming of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's that's the theme. And so if we put our faith in Christ, which Christian, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's who you are. Right. You put your faith in Christ. You are in him. You are you are justified and you are sanct- you're being sanctified and you have you are um you have been made right before God. So the book of Revelation is a is a book of hope. Mm-hmm. Okay? And so and death is a hopeful thing. It's not a scary thing mm-hmm. if we really think through it. Um, sickness is terrible in this place, but our hope is not bound by uh, our our state of being. Instead, our hope is bound in, in heaven with Christ. And so that reality changes everything about how we live our lives here and now. The problem is, is that we lose sight of that reality mm-hmm. because we're, we're fleshly beings. We're here on earth. We are not, uh, we, we, we are not in heaven right now. We have trials here and now. Mm-hmm. And so the fight of the, the Christian fight is keeping that faith, is running that race. We talked, we, we, we run the race to win the prize. What is winning the prize in the Christian life? It is beholding the person and work of Christ. It's sharing the gospel. It's discipling one another. It's loving God mm-hmm. first, loving each other, uh, you know, and doing those primary things. Those are the first things. But that's in light of the last things. Like we can do the first things because of the last things. Yes. We can love each other well because I don't have to be saved by your love. I'm saved by God's love. Yes. And that, so the first thing now becomes loving God because of the last things, because of the promise that I have in Christ. Loving my wife well because of the promise I have in Christ, the last thing. Loving my children well, my neighbors well, uh, whatever the sacrifice is. Loving them well, uh, if we, we look to Christ, right? We looked at Philippians 2. All of Philippians, pretty much. <laughs> uh, we looked at Christ's humility and how he mm-hmm. loved and how he prioritized people for, I think, lack of a, a better term, uh, how he prioritized relationships and how he treated them and how he taught us and mm-hmm. instructed the people of his day to to order their love, right? And 
to uh, how to value even their life in Philippians yeah. uh, 1 verse 21, to live as Christ, Paul is saying, and to die as gain. So again, ordering and prioritizing, okay, the things of God. So even this life, like to live as Christ, to live is to live humbly and selflessly and yeah. emptying ourselves and living in obedience, not to like, yes, to be emptied out, but to be filled up with him and by him, not to just be emptied out, to be empty and broken, but to be filled up and redeemed and hopeful and full of, you know, the gospel and being able to spill yeah. that out and share that. Um, that. So again, looking at the model of Christ and living our life that is, uh, in a manner worthy of the gospel. So again, our priorities reflect our beliefs. Our priorities reflect our values, um, it's so interesting to me when you talk to somebody about, oh, hey, are you, you know, signing up for the sports team or are you going to go do this activity, whatever? Because you can see what people's are, what people's priorities are, you know, by what season it is. If it's winter, right. people are, you know, hitting the mountain. Not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying, like, there's we all have different priorities for different seasons. And why are those priorities? Why is that so important to you? Why do you have to? And they could be all good reasons. Well, this is our family time. Like, this is what we like to do, and like that's awesome. So I think. As, you know, but then you can take that same coin of like, well, we're just, it's what we do and it's what all the people we know do, right? It's not actually like something we maybe enjoy doing as a family. We all yell yeah. at each other on the way up to the mountain, ski by ourselves and then come down. Like, so it's just like, okay, let's question, you know, the, so what this is doing to our, our family life. And does God really even care about it? Why do we care about it so much? You know, if it's really not mm. aligning us with the things yeah. of God. Cause I, I do think that there are things that we do that distract us away that have cause us to focus on mm. the, the process of so, doing something rather than like the purpose of why we're doing something. I mean, so this is why in scripture we say, uh, it says obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm. Why is that? When sacrifice was obedience at one point. Right. Yeah. But what was it about the sacrifice that made it obedience? It was the faith. Mm. It was the faith. It was the heart orientation that God, you're God, I'm not. I am a sinner. You're holy. This sacrifice will atone for that sin. Obviously, Christ is the atoning sacrifice once and for all. Mm -hmm. But that's the point that you're trying to make is that the why is at the core of the Christian ethic. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not like, that's why it's all about the heart orientation. That's why Christ could say, if you look at a man, if you look at a woman with lust, you are committing adultery in your heart because it's the heart orientation. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with our priorities. You can do all the right things. Mm -hmm. You can try to do all the right things. Good luck, by the way. (laughs) Um, But if your heart is not in it, in other words, if God has not reoriented the affections of your heart and the Holy Spirit is not rooting out those little enemy outposts and and defeating enemy outposts in your heart. These prior, you'll always be at odds with biblical priorities, and that's the beginning. Is is getting there so that as a, as a married couple, you can begin to find unity right. at that place. So I think it was last week. Is it Matthew six or sixteen thirty three of uh, seek first? I feel so dumb. I should know this. I'm blanking out because I was looking at a bunch of other scriptures. I think it was six thirty three. Matthew six thirty three of like seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, yeah. So seek seek God's kingdom first. So yeah. again talking about priorities, first things, seeking God's kingdom, but then not only seeking God's kingdom, 
but how can we and why can we? When we look at John 6, Jesus is the bread of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ryan and I are doing the, well, I'm doing the same page summer reading program or reading I'm doing it. plan. You are. Um, Just a few days behind. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> We're trying to stay in the word, obviously, every day and in big chunks. And I'm going to catch up. I'm going to lap you. To discuss. It's not a competition. <laughs> it is now. <laughs> Everything is to Ryan. <laughs> Um, he true. just won't admit it. So John six twenty two talking about Jesus is the bread of life, and he talks about uh, the manna coming down from heaven with Moses. Uh, in verse thirty two, Jesus said to them, "Truly, truly, I tell you, it was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world." I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that that was the manna was also kind of a representation of Jesus, right? The bread of life, the sustenance, yeah. the reason why they can live and they are not dying is because of Jesus. Like, how profound is that for us in learning what priorities are? Not only is Jesus our yeah. priority and our pathway, ah, gosh, that just reduces him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father except through Him, right? Yeah. So, yeah, we're dead. That should prioritize. We are dead. We are only alive mm. because He is the bread of life, and He, because of the Father, we are given that true bread of life. We are um, given Him. Let me jump in because that type, the, the typology there, which is looking at Christ in the in the Exodus, yeah, all the way from, I'll make this short, but from Egypt, you know, all the way over the Red Sea, uh, through the Red Sea rather into the into the desert, through the desert for 40 years, into the promised land, finally over the Jordan, right? Or I think... I forget, through the Jordan. Through the Jordan. Is that the right river? I can't, I think so. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I, I forget those types of facts. It's the Jordan. Okay. But the point being, that manna in heaven uh, sustained them in the already but not yet, mm. right? So they're in the desert. They're living by the by the grace of God in the desert with the, with the food that he would give them, the sandals... <laughs> By the grace of God, in the desert, they had yet to enter that promised place, that promised peace. Uh, and we here we are. Thinking that we are different than them. <laughs> here we are. We have yet. Okay, we're, we've already escaped slavery. We've been saved. Yes. Right? We've crossed over the, the, the Red Sea, which, you know, people studying typology would say that that was this, uh, a type of baptism, right? It points to a future baptism, which is our sign of the covenant, the new covenant, right? We've been baptized. Okay, but here I am in the in the desert. Being sustained by the grace of God, the bread of heaven, mm-hmm. Christ, by the living water of Christ, uh, being provided for my every need in Christ, yet to enter into that promised rest of the promised land mm-hmm. of heaven in unity with him. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful thing. And that does reorient us because if we realize that our end is sure, our promise is sure, that my sustenance is sure, now I can start to live in obedience to to God and not mm-hmm. trying to, what did they do when Moses went up and started to get, um, they made idols. Yeah. Got the 10 commandments. Yeah. Like what they, no small feet people. As soon as they lost sight, they mm-hmm. began erecting idols to false gods and it is an affront to God. It is, a, it is abhorrent to him and we can do that in subtle ways in our mm-hmm. lives. And that's why our priorities are so contingent on knowing where we've come from and knowing where we're going. Mm. And it's all because of Christ. So good. So good. Um, John eight thirty one and 32. We're starting in the book of John for the reading plan, if you haven't gathered. <laughs> um, and it's going really well. <laughs> no, I really am enjoying it. Um, 
Jesus is talking about how the truth will set you free. Mm-hmm. And he says, uh, sorry, John writes, as Jesus spoke these things, many believed in him. Yeah. So he said to the Jews who had believed him, if you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Sorry. And back in John 6, they were asking him, you know, what are, what must we do to perform the works of God? And Jesus replied, verse, sorry, 629, Jesus replied, the work of God is, to, is this, to believe in the one he has sent. So not only are we given instruction on how to live, right? And this belief should weigh in, not just weigh in, it should direct the whole like river of our priorities. It should direct them, but it also when it does that, it's not limiting us like you talked about in the beginning of the episode. Priorities is not about constraining all this like stuff in our life and trying to order it in a way that it doesn't just fall apart every day. It is a way for us to order things in a way that obe- is obedient to God. Because there's law, so, there's there's life in the law of there's God. There's life and there's freedom. And we, we sometimes, again, we juxtapose the law and grace and we forget that the law of God is a grace of God. That he told his people, this is how you have a right stand, right mm-hmm. relationship with me. And now here's here's how you atone for the transgressions yes. against the law. That's freedom to us. Yes. And, we and, have to believe that. Right. And I, I, I love that you, you double back on yourself. You said that he uh, informs kind of this truth informs how we live. And you say, no, it doesn't just kind of augment our life. It is our life. Yes. And that I think is the Christian condition in, in Western culture right now is that we have a back pocket Christianity, right? Where Mm -hmm. it's like, I'm living my life. I'm going out my, my day. I'm going about my day, my business. Oh, by the way, I need a little encouragement. Pull my Bible out of my back pocket. Blah, blah, blah. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper oh, you, not stop. to harm oh, you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I feel better. Now, that, that I can put that back in my back pocket. I have no idea the context or anything for that verse. <laughs> it just made me feel better, right? That's moral thera- therapy. <laughs> moral therapeutic deism is the term that there I think somebody. The point being is that you are, I just love that you're correcting yourself there because it is not just a an, an augmentation to our lives. This truth of God completely orients our lives. Yes, that was a Holy Spirit correction for sure. Okay, but thank you for thank for doing you, that. God. <laughs> so, listener, let's 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 be there. Yeah. Okay, let's not. We're not just trying to say like put this, add this into your other like life. How things. to have like, a good marriage? <laughs> like, you know what? You need to have like good. You know, like this is absolutely foundational. It's it's not just part of. It's central yeah. to your entire life. At least it has to be if we're going to live faithfully according to God's word. Okay, so uh, you had mentioned, and on that note, we have the three concentric circles piece. I think you talked about this last week. You just I did. kind of touched on it. So maybe re-explain it and then kind of take it a little further. Like well, did. and I do want to, I do want to get to the unity thing too. Like, so if a couple's they have a lot of dissonance around their priorities, yeah. how are they being, being unified on them? I think we've alluded to it, and I just want to say it very clearly: the best way to be unified on your priorities as a couple is to get unified around the Word of God. Is mm. to just read it to get your doctrines in order. Now, let me explain that for a minute because you know. What are you saying, Ryan? I got to go to seminary no, with my spouse. <laughs> Fifteen years ago, I would that would have fallen on deaf ears for me. Yeah, same. but I'm realizing that like doctrine matters, and doctrine. Everybody has doctrine, whether you think you do or not. The question is, how well have you defined it? How orthodox is it? And by orthodoxy, I mean, is it tried and true? Is it? Is it gone through the filters of the years and the centuries of other faithful Christian men and women mm. who've said, this is what God's word says and here's what it means and here's how. And so doctrines are just a way of organizing God's truths in ways that we can 
adhere to them. Mm-hmm. And that's why catechisms are so great. And we grew up in not in those types of traditions, not in any sort of uh, like uh, liturgical tradition. That's all very foreign to us. The point is that we have to have solid doctrine in our lives if we're going to have any sort of unity. So like if you don't believe as a couple, if you don't actually believe in the inerrancy of God's word and mm-hmm. the, the inspiration of God's word, then you're going to have a hard time finding unity around God's word because you're going to read a hard passage mm-hmm. and you're going to say, that doesn't make sense to me. Therefore, it's nonsense. <laughs> and one of you is going to say, wait, it should make sense because it's God's word. And you're saying, well, it's not really God's word. Somebody translated it. It's from, mm-hmm. you know, it's translated incorrectly or uh, it's not inerrant or from him or inspired by him. Therefore, I don't actually need it. Well, okay, yeah, that's putting you in a place of authority over God's word and your spouse is in a place of of authority under God's word, you're never going to have unity there. Right. Right. If you don't agree in the doctrine of say like, I don't know. Let's hold on. I think, I think the humility, you love doctrine. I love that. You love that. I don't want to. Yeah. I'm probably boring. The humility. No. When we talked about Christ's humility, um, last week, I think it's very key here also because anytime we are placing ourselves above the authority of the word, um, and not humbling ourselves, we're going to be in a place of dissonance. We're going to be in division, not only with God, but with each other, of course. So, like you said, align yourselves with God's word. There is freedom to be no. had. Um, you were talking about uh, harmony and music notes, and you're more of a musician than I, well, maybe I was at one point, used I've to known be. I've but... to dabble a bit. <laughs> <laughs> but we're talk- we were talking about like uh, dissonance and resonance with music notes. And yeah. even, I mean, any musician out there will tell you about just like the physics, the mathematics behind so, music. One of our joint uh, experiences as a couple very young, early on, before we were dating, was calculus, pre-calculus class <laughs> with Mr. Stein. Oh, man. And Mr. Stein was an, a phenomenal calculus teacher who was so patient with us um, adolescents. <laughs> and he, he, I need to tune in my, my inner Mr. Stein. That is so <laughs> and great. What he, and he was an amazing teacher. But what one of the things he always said was math is the language of the universe. Mm-hmm. And I, I just always loved that because it just, it, it is, it, it's He's right. <laughs> cause, cause God made the universe with, with laws and principles and physics and things that he hard coded into it. Right. And here we are, math is explaining it. We're explaining mm. the truths of the universe. And communicating Which, it. And communi- communicate. Well, here's what I said. And this was me and my adolescent brain, whether or not it's true or not, I haven't. <laughs> But he used to say math is the language of the universe, and I always said music is the means by which we communicate that. Mm. And the reason I, I thought that, and it's debatable, but the reason I thought that <laughs> was because when you listen to music, it does something to you. Mm-hmm. It, it's like it's subconscious. I've seen like Alzheimer's pay, uh, patients who are completely oh, yeah. all but they're almost cat- catatonic, and you start playing music, and they come to life and they start singing. Or I've seen people who can't speak. But you play music and they'll start to they'll start to sing with this song. Or you put a piano in front of them and they'll start to play a familiar mm. tune. There's something about music that we used the word primal, mm. primacy, a couple of weeks ago. There's something very pri- primal, very first about music. Mm. Because I feel like it's connected. And I don't want to be hyper-spiritual about this. But I just feel like God is so gracious in how he's designed us within his creation. He's designed music. And the reason why music is so compelling too is because it's all laws of physics at play so you have sound waves and the way harmonies work and this is where we're getting to is we're finding unity as a couple and the thing that we talked about earlier that i'm getting to now is that the beautiful thing about harmonies is that you can you can be playing different notes but still playing in the same song 
you're harmonizing in that you you might be playing a G note, I'm playing an A note. But we're playing in the key of G. (laughs) (laughs) And so the point being, I don't know that that would actually work, but... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was trying to put you on the spot there. Sorry. It, it, it wouldn't work. Maybe it would. I don't know. They're not harm. They're not harmonies of each other. Maybe they are. I don't know. The point is, we can be playing different notes, having different uh, opinions. They don't have to be exactly the same, but we can find unity around the things that matter because there's an underlying physics at work. There's an underlying physical law at work. I think it's almost simpler than that. I'm going to argue. It's just the key that you're playing in because you but can't. You're, can you play in different keys? Well, <laughs> I'm thinking piano, purely piano. Because so. you could play in the key of G, and I'll play in the key of E minor, and they're the exact same key. It's <laughs> <laughs> a different. Get out of here! We're done. We got to go argue about this. Well, the, the, the reason we have keys is because you're agreeing to play a certain set of notes, right? Because those set that set of notes will always harmonize or work together. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I feel like is that underlying physics or that underlying truth is being in the same key. Well, guys, the gospel is the same key. <laughs> Yes. So play there in is. there. There's, 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 <laughs> there it is. Very, very long-winded at getting around <laughs> to that. Uh, so if you're playing by the same music and the music is God's word, then you're, it's going to be a lot easier to play things that sound beautiful <laughs> together. You're going to have a lot more unity right. around these things. So yeah. talking about what unity is going to require of us, right? There's some of us that would like to play the whole piano and sound beautiful. Well, we're not all musicians like mm. that. But... And we can't just say yes to everything, right? We, you guys, we've all tried that. How did that go for you? Did that? How does that work for you? <laughs> has that ever worked for you? <laughs> there it is. Never worked for me. Never. When has that ever worked for you? <laughs> Never. Third and saying time yes. Charm. Sorry, you, that's an office reference, but I wasn't picking it up. That's okay. Uh, so just we can't. We can't always say yes, and so unity requires us to not only know what our priorities are, but then to stand by them mm-hmm. together. Okay. If you, as a couple. If you say, okay, we're sitting down, we're at a marriage workshop, we're listening to the podcast together. You know what, Selena? Church is important. God's word says church is important. And uh, we agree as a couple that church is important. All right, Sunday morning rolls around. God, Kids that football game is on. I'm pretty tired. They're so crazy. I was right up now. late last night. I don't really, you know what? I'm not going to stand by that priority. I'm going to stand by some other priority, which is either rest or sleep or entertainment or any other thing. When you say God's family is important, that the body of Christ gathering is important, you have to stand by that. And so that's the first thing that it will require of you is mm-hmm. is saying the priority and then standing by it. In other words, defining it and then defending it. Mm. Okay. Love that. And that we talked about that in the boundaries series uh, a couple months back. Boundaries and priorities, man. Hand in hand. That's what they do. Boundaries are just, they're that place where you draw the line and say, this is important, this is not. Right. These are priorities, these are not. And, and those are priority decisions. Yeah, exactly. And there's always a lot of pushback. So again, setting boundaries to preserve and protect your margin for each other and your children. I'm That was under what unity will require of us. I think that's maybe more personal for us right now is just being able to protect some of that margin, not just to necessarily keep for yourself, but to be able to give and serve and love others in a place of crisis or whatnot, you know, so that may come up and you just, you need to be, I believe we as believers need to have margin for each other's, um, things. What is the Bible verse we talked about? Like, don't just look to your own needs, but also to the other, the the needs of others. And so walking in that, having boundaries around that priority of margin. Yeah. I want to read first Peter, um, three, eight real fast. Cause Mm -hmm. I feel like, 
Yes, it's, we it's were a going beautiful there. thing. Yeah. Finally, all of you be like-minded and sympathetic. Okay. Another word translated in there is be of unity, be unified. So be like-minded and sympathetic, love as brothers, be tender-hearted and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit mm. a blessing. Hey, you see the perspective there? Yeah. To this you were called. That's first things. Like this is this is you're standing on the rock of Christ in this, so that you may inherit. That's last things, a blessing. Mm. Okay? And then he's saying, here's how you live in the middle. Be like minded. Be sympathetic. And here are the corollaries to that. Hmm. Love as brothers. Hmm. How do you love a brother differently than you would love somebody who's not your brother? Well, it's easy to write off somebody who's not my brother and say, you're out of my life. I, I'm done with you. Yeah. If it's a brother, they're your brother. Like there's no unbrothering that person. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? So if I'm loving you, Selena, as my sister Sorry, in Christ, it's a funny word. <laughs> don't unbrother me. <laughs> it's like being unfriended, but it's worse. <laughs> So, Selena, if I see you as the daughter of, of the king, somebody adopted in my co-heir with Christ, mm-hmm. my sister in the Lord, I'm seeing you differently than if I'm seeing you as an, as an opponent, as just somebody who is here to make my life better. But instead, I'm here to serve mm-hmm. you and love you and live in unity with you. And then the corollaries there are, are the, is uh, be tenderhearted, be humble. Um, mm-hmm. And so you mentioned humility, but the tenderheartedness, the soft-heartedness. Right. Uh, it's going to be really hard to find unity without soft heartedness oh, um, on tough topics. So, yes, yes. So I just want to again kind of recalibrate us for this conversation of uh, unity in our priorities, the why behind the decisions that we're making, um, mm. and then kind of I feel like it does touch on a part of our identity. Um, whenever I'm questioned about a priority, sometimes I, I begin to question my why behind it and yeah. who I am and should I be doing these things and uh, how do I just like stand firm in the things of God, right? And so there's plenty of verses out there to talk about standing firm, putting on the armor of God, Ephesians six eleven, so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. So things like questioning my identity, questioning my purpose, questioning whether I'm good enough, um, if grace yeah. applies to me. Uh, first Peter five, nine, um, but resist him firm in your faith, knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are in the world. First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight. last verse I'll go through, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Hmm. So standing firm, n- being anchored in who you are in Christ, uh, will definitely feed into, I think your strength and ability to stand firm in those decisions of standing up for those priorities, uh, whether the feelings are there or not. Yeah, yeah that's good. Okay, so um, we're running low on time, I so know. I want to make sure we're getting through this. So the blessings of fighting for unity. So what is to be had for fighting by fighting with unity? I think some of these are fairly intuitive. Let's go through the quick list. It's not all inclusive. Uh, I think people couples could explore this for themselves. It'd be a good yeah exercise. Okay, so if you're lacking any of these blessings, maybe you don't have unity. How's that? <laughs> so, and maybe okay. So, <laughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. so first one is peace in your marriage, mm. and it's possible to have peace while you still have disagreement. Yeah, can you believe that? Like you can still we can still say we're not on the same page here, but we're in unity on the big things. Yeah, so we can have peace even though we're disagreeing about something yeah. at the moment. The second one, contentment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you wrote that down. Explain what you mean by uh, how does how does having fighting for unity bring contentment in a couple's marriage? 
I think, well, it might be redundant to what you just said of when we find agreement, we can have peace despite um, not having agreement or not. Sure. I think contentment hmm. um, is, is a result of the deep like unity with our hearts and our souls, agreeing on the things of hmm. God, seeking God first together. Because maybe sometimes our priorities are around activities, around things that make us look good as a family or make us look financially good or whatever. And for me, I know that contentment has been a journey. And when I can rest in who I am in Christ, can rest in you and I are unified. Mm -hmm. Remember how many times I was like, we need to have more than one car. We only have one car. We need a bigger house because we're living in an apartment and we have two kids. Like we had talked about those things, but the Lord used those things to sanctify me and bring me contentment because you and I, I found my way into agreement with you and trusted you. I bought a U-Haul van. <laughs> you didn't want to keep it. <laughs> You're so funny. I would. I love that thing. My mobile man cave. <laughs> hopefully that. Hopefully that is helpful to people. Is that there uh, is contentment to be had uh, with unity. Yeah, that's very cool. Uh, and you, yeah, contentment. I don't know. It just. It's like this. You have this settledness about you that. Yeah. It's because you're you're realizing that God is. God. He's truly God. And he's got you where you are. It doesn't mean you're complacent, right? but it just, it gives up the striving, right. which brings a lot of unity because you can finally, and they, no matter the dissonance around you, I think it's just, that's what it is yeah. to me. Yeah. Uh, freedom uh, is the next one to deeply enjoy the things of God and kind of live deeper into them hmm. uh, because yeah, your yeah. priorities are few. You can go deeper into them. Um, and then joy. Uh, we talked about John 15, uh, you know what? Go check that out for yourself. Check out John 15. <laughs> okay. So how do we begin gaining unity? Um, so the picture I like to have here for couples listening is you got two circles, kind of like, uh, almost like a Venn diagram. They're overlapping and you've got your husband on one side and wife on the other. And the husband has his priorities are in his circle. She has her priorities in their circle. Now add a third circle above that. It's gotta be above cause it's God. <laughs> it's God's word. That's, that's God's priorities. And so picture you're trying to move your two, your two circles, ter circles, <laughs> trying ter to move, circles. move your two circles to where what you value is, is overlapping yeah. as much as possible. And then simultaneously you're aligning those with God. Mm. So it's not just trying to align with one another, but you're aligning with God. It's the whole pyramid thing. As we cert, as we seek God together or yes. individually, we inevitably get closer together. That's true. So the first piece here is again, going back to who is God? Who does he say you are? What does the Bible say? Really rallying around the truths of God. That begs a bigger question is what are the truths of God? That's not here, but get good, solid teaching in your lives. Read scripture. That's the first one. I'd say the next piece of how to find unity uh, in your priorities is identifying the negotiables versus the non-negotiables. Because mm. there are some things that just don't matter as much as other things. And there's some things that they are non-negotiable. Are we in unity on those things? Mm-hmm. Like, and why are we in unity or why are we not? Because you and I, we've gone through that a lot, I think. Yeah. Um, we, I don't see it as a non-negotiable. And you're like, well, I think it kind of could be. And you present a very good argument. I'm like, yeah, sounds good. Like, I I agree with that. And so then we can move forward from there. Mm, so talk through those. Yeah, uh, one always of, right, One of those for us but... was uh, how we're going to educate our kids. Yes. That was a quite a discussion we had years back. And uh, we were weighing through all the options and landed on uh, home education. Mm-hmm. And now I would say that's almost a non-negotiable for us. And we're in unity on that. And that we're, we're not going to 
We're not going to give up on that. Um, there's a lot of things that would have to give give away before um, that one does. Um, and so go through what are, what are our things that are absolutely negotiable? What are things that are absolutely non-negotiable? And um, give up, slough off the things that are just kind of arbitrary mm. in the name of greater unity around your big priorities. Well, yeah, and we went through verses of, you said First Peter. That was the biggest one, I think, that can help be a big identifier. First Peter 3, 8. Um, hmm. Having unity of mind, tender heart, humble mind. Yeah. Uh, sympathy, those kinds of things. What, what, uh, hmm. I feel like those are the things that should be prioritized or like seen in our non negotiable. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Um, the next way to begin down this path of unity, uh, don't just figure out ways to give in and, and concede to one another, but instead take some time to seriously sit and wait and pray mm-hmm. on the Lord. And when you're doing that, ask Him to lead you to his priorities as a couple Mm -hmm. and do that together. Take the time that it needs to to let that conversation breathe. Let that prayer breathe, make that a priority first and then see where it goes from there. Ask yourselves this question. What is God doing here? Like he did. So he did everything redemptively in Christ, right? It's, it's completed, but how is he going to use you as a family on mission and asking yourselves that what is he doing in our family? What's he doing through Mm. our family? Mm -hmm. Talk about that, uh, and then ask yourself the honest questions of where are the things in our lives that um, that are a priority that really shouldn't be, or maybe they're distractions to us and they're killing our marriage. Um, again, all that has to be a conversation. Like you can't expect to get unity, yeah, <laughs> with your spouse without talking, right, and having the the bandwidth to have these hard conversations. Yes. Um, so that's the couples conversation challenge is. Sit down and, and have those that conversation together. What are our priorities? Are we in unity on our big, important priorities? You can go through them categorically. Okay, so in terms of... But the big ahead. overall question is, what what is God doing? And are we in his word knowing him enough to know that this is a priority or not a priority? Hmm. That would be my argument. Because if you're looking at that, that three-circle Venn diagram, yeah. right? You run the risk of unifying yourselves and being in disunity with with God's priorities. Yes, and that's that's why you want to be going toward mm-hmm. Him. Um, Amen. Wish I could like somehow show that. Maybe we should do a YouTube thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. We need more things in our life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Says the sigh of the wife. That's like oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. All right. So um, let, let let me pray for you, and then we'll call it. You gonna pray for me? For you, our listeners, for them, <laughs> and for you. Ah, you're sweet. Lord, thank you for my sweet wife. Thank you for this conversation <laughs> we get to have together. Um, thank you for the unity you've, you've given us. I pray mm-hmm. that you would unify us even more. God, I pray for the couples listening to this who are wanting and longing for unity that is based on you. Uh, you might have, it might just be a single spouse or a single, or a, a husband or a wife, excuse me, um, thinking, man, I wish my my spouse would get on the same page mm. with with our faith and with me. God, I pray you give them hope. You give them um, endurance to uh, to seek the unity, the deep unity they so um, so desperately desire. And Holy Spirit, be gracious mm-hmm. to, sh- to help them get there. Lord, it's only by your grace that we even uh, read and perceive and understand your word and understand what's important to you. Um, and it's only by your grace that we can live according to it. So Lord, help us. Mm. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as a reminder, you can get 20% off Gospel-Centered Marriage. It's our whole suite of marriage learning resources. Go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Use the coupon code 
priorities. Mm. And uh, we hope that you take us up on that. We, we, I trust that it will bless you. But other than that, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... See you again in about seven days. Until then. Stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.